0: We glorify your name today we hallow your name in this service we declare the lordship of Jesus over this meeting today we declare that there's no other name but the name of Jesus for it is written God has highly exalted him and giving him a name that is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord And so Father, together as your children this morning, we say, hallowed be your name, and we ask that the Lordship of Jesus Christ be established over this service, in the name of Jesus. Father, as your word will come today, let it come with power. Give us understanding. Renew our mind. Let the entrance of your word bring light. Let it bring understanding. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. And Father, we promise to give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Well, good afternoon, Kensington Temple. Please be seated. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I want to welcome uh, those who are worshiping with us across the road in the Coronet. God bless you, Christian, and the team there uh, for the good work that you are doing. If you are in the overflow behind me or in the overflow downstairs in the lower hall. Uh, God bless you as you worship with us. And for those of you who are watching on the internet, or probably you are downloading this message, God bless you. We pray that the God of breakthrough will walk in your lives. Amen. Well, I want to say thank you to Pastor Colin for asking me to come and minister uh, today. Um, it's, it's always an honor and a privilege to stand on this platform to minister. Um, I've titled my message today, uh, principles for breakthroughs. Amen. Principles for breakthroughs. As most of you will know, um, uh, since the beginning of the year, a theme has been running, you know, in, all, in most of our meetings, um, especially when we went to, to Westminster Chapel a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Colin spoke about breakthroughs, and I'm pressing into that. I'm pressing into that. I've been pressing into that since January because I want breakthroughs in every area of my life, in different areas of my life. I don't know about you. I still need some breakthroughs in my life. Amen. Amen. And uh, some people, you know, just because uh, um, a lot of people out there are throwing this word breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough around, uh, it's almost becoming a cliche or a Christianese or or, or something that people just say, I want a breakthrough, I want a breakthrough. Just because of that does not mean that we cannot talk about it, amen. Um, I, I know of a particular place where nobody talks about anointing oil anymore because people have abused anointing oil. Um, they don't want to touch anything that has to be to, to do with anointing oil. nobody wants to touch anything that has to do with handkerchiefs anymore just because some people abuse that. Amen. But for us in this house, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If it's in the Word of God, it belongs to you, it belongs to me. And for those who abuse such things, well, they're going to stand before the throne of God one day and they will answer to him amen so do not let us you know throw away the 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 baby with the bath water amen so I want to speak to you today about some principles that I have gleaned from the word of God might be uh, uh, a reminder to some of you might be a new thing to some of you but the most important thing is that today by God's grace the words that are going to come from this platform would minister to you will be the word of God that falls on good ground in your heart that it may produce fruit can I hear you say amen So if you got your Bibles, please go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5, and I want to begin to read from verse 17. 2 Samuel chapter 5 from verse 17. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, and all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the, in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Bel perazim and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim, Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be, when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then, the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Giza. Amen. David had had conflicts with the Philistines in the past. But let me start by drawing your attention to one thing in verse 17 from where I want to pick up. Verse 17 says, When the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king, there was an anointing upon David. And that anointing was placed upon him in the first instance by Saul. When God rejected Saul as king over Israel, he sent the prophet Samuel to David's house. David was called from the wilderness. Uh, from where he was looking after the sheep of his father to come into the house to be anointed, to be king after Saul. The anointing that was placed upon David was, a, was for a specific purpose. Because later on, the Israelites would come to him and tell him that even when Saul was alive, you were the one that led us out and led us in to battle. So the anointing upon the life of David was For a purpose, he was anointed by God for a purpose. He was anointed for a God by God to do work for God, to work for God, and the work was to be king over God's people. I want to say to you today there's an anointing over your life. There is an anointing over your life, and that anointing has been placed over your life for a specific purpose, for a specific time. Also, even over and beyond that, there's an anointing over this house. It's an apostolic anointing and a prophetic anointing for a specific purpose and for this time. Hallelujah. We know it. It's been spoken over us by prophecy. The Kensington Temple and the London City Church Network must become the most effective disciple-making church in Europe for us to fulfill the purpose of God. I have learned not just to hear prophecy and watch prophecy, but to do prophecy. Amen. Paul said to Timothy, don't forget the prophecies that have been spoken over you. With them, you must do and wage good warfare. I remember a couple of years ago before the, before the crisis, the financial crisis hit, maybe about two or three times, Pastor Colin mentioned that we must put our financial houses in order. The first time he mentioned it, that I heard him say that was at the leader's encounter at Annan Court. And I'm guilty of not paying attention, not watching prophecy, not listening to prophecy, and not doing prophecy. Put your financial house in order. Until the financial crisis hit, most of us were caught unawares. Because we were not prophecy watchers and prophecy doers. Now, the beginning of this year, when he began to speak about breakthroughs, and especially two weeks ago, in, uh, two or three weeks ago, at Westminster Chapel, I went back again and said, Lord, I'm pressing in spiritually. I'm pressing in in the place of prayer. I want breakthrough. And I have an assurance in my spirit that I have the strategy to go forth and break through against the enemy. Say amen. Don't be jealous. Amen. amen. We are brothers and sisters, don't be jealous. Amen. That's why I've come to challenge you today to press in and hear God for your own breakthrough. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that it's so very easy to hear God? It's easy to hear God. It's very easy to hear God. Only three principles to hear God. Make up your mind that when he speaks, you're going to do what he wants you to do. Shut out the noise around you and the noise on the inside of you and focus. That's it, basically, to hear God. You can't deceive him and say, Lord, I will do what you're asking me to do. When you have not made up your mind, you are going to do it. The Bible says he can see into your heart. And when you shut out the noise, he wants you to shut out the noise. Uh, Moses had been... Mo- Moses was being called by God for so many times in the, in the wilderness of, of, of where he was tending the, 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 the sheep of Jethro. He, wasn't, he couldn't hear God. And so God showed him a phenomenon one day. It was the bush that was burning and was not consumed. And then Moses said, I will turn aside. It's a matter of will. When you decide that I will turn aside and focus on God and see what he wants to say, he will speak to you. Someone was being trained in the house of Eli to be a priest. He was so used to the voice of Eli. So when God called him the first time, he ran to Eli. And Eli said, I didn't call you. The second time, Eli, he had the voice again, he ran to Eli. Eli said, I didn't call you. So Eli thought, oh, God must be calling this boy. And God, uh, Eli said to him, when you hear that voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So when Samuel had that voice again, he turned away from the voice of man to the voice of God. And God began to speak to him. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you're going to hear God for your breakthrough, you must take that time. You must make that time. You you know, don't, don't find the time. Make the time. Create the time. If you have to lose one hour sleep in the morning or one hour sleep in the night... It is what hearing God for yourself. Hallelujah. And I believe God has spoken over us in this house for this season through his servant that it's a season of breakthrough for us. And my prayer for you is that you will enter into your breakthrough this year in the name of Jesus Christ. And so, here in this passage, the Bible says, That David was anointed when when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed again. Now this is the third anointing. The first one was in the house of his father. The second one was to be king over Judah. Now this is the third one, to be king over the whole of Israel. Coming into the purpose for which God has called him. Because God has spoken over him that you're going to be the shepherd of my people Israel. He was ruling over two tribes, the tribe of Judah. Then the ten tribes had now come and said, we want you to rule over us. And then the enemy heard that. And the enemy decided to attack. If you are ready for breakthrough, be ready for warfare. If you want breakthrough, be ready for warfare. Whether it's in politics, whether it's in business, whether it's in spots, whether it's in any area of those giants that we saw a couple of minutes ago during the presentation, we must be ready for warfare. Amen. For a baby to be born, that was a warfare in the maternity ward. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> when that pregnant woman says to the husband, My water is broken, you know it's panic time. Where is the bag? Where are all the stuff? Amen. And when you get into that maternity ward, and it's time for that new life to be birthed, and your wife being a godly woman, out of whose mouth cannot proceed anything <laughs> that is ungodly, it's time to push the baby out now. And I've been there four times, people of God. I have the experience. Thank God I've contributed my own quota to church growth. I'm not going back again to the maternity ward. <laughs> and your wife is holding your hands. And she's pushing and the nurse and the midwives and the doctor said, come on, you are doing well, push. And she's holding your hands and her nails are digging into your hands. And instead of saying things that we cannot say in church, he goes, Yeah, yeah. If you're a man and you've been into the maternity, we we gave birth to the children together. (laughs) Because you are holding her hand and you say, Yes, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. Please don't tell my wife. (laughs) Amen. And then when that push is over, that pain is over, then there's joy. The joy of a new life. The joy of a new life. And as a father, you hold that baby. As a mother, you hold that baby. And you think, nothing is as beautiful as this. Suddenly, the awesomeness of our God revealed right there hallelujah I pray for you you're believing God for the fruit of the womb you are believing God for the fruit of the womb I lay hold upon the apostolic and the prophetic anointing over this house and I speak over your life today that even though even though weeping may endure for a night your joy will come speedily. I ask that the God of breakthroughs, the God of breakthroughs, the God of this house, whose name is known as the great physician, will do the work in your life. That according to the time of life, according to the season of life, you will break through in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah I really don't care what the doctor said I really don't care what the doctor said because everybody knows that a virgin cannot conceive but when the Holy Spirit overshadows the God of miracles steps in and I pray that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you as a man the Holy Spirit will overshadow you as a woman and that which is impossible for man will be impossible with you in the name of Jesus We've got to do warfare with the breakthrough. We've got to do warfare with the prophetic words. You've got to lay hold on it. You've got to be what Jesus Christ said you must be. For the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Yeah. Hallelujah. We are called to be warriors. We are called to be soldiers. But the weapons of our warfare are not canna, but they are mighty through God to pull down strongholds of the enemy that we might break through. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Philistines gathered together because David has been anointed king. And they were thinking in their mind, now here comes trouble. Because they remember that it was this same David that took down their Goliath. They had a champion called Goliath, and it was this David that took him down. Now, this David has now been anointed king over the, the Israelites. Now they know we are in trouble. And so they gather together. But David carries an anointing. David carried carry an anointing from God to break through as many Goliaths and as many Philistines that may want to rise up against him. And that's the reason I want you to understand today that you have an anointing upon your life. Not only that, you have a corporate anointing over you and over your ministry and over yourself. That is upon this house is an apostolic and prophetic anointing to do the work that God has called us to do in this nation and in the nations of the world. It's something that we've received from God, it's something that's been confirmed by prophetic utterance. And the worst thing that can happen to us is not to lay hold of it prophetically and do good warfare with it. Then we'll be, we'll be doing ourselves disservice. Hallelujah. Now, when I talk about the enemy, because the Philistines are David's enemy, I want to clarify one thing, which I also did at the nine o'clock service. The Bible clearly states that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against unseen forces. And I want to be... Politically incorrect, in fact, religiously incorrect, pastorally incorrect. Whichever way you want to put it this morning. And I want to say to you, who comes to Kensington Temple? Kensington Temple is your home, is your house. This is where God has sent you. But you still find yourself going to pray or going for deliverance. In places where they give you ribina and olive oil to drink. Shame on you. See now, I'm very, very pastoral, pastorally incorrect. Or you go to places where the form of prayer is about enemy die, enemy die. Fall down and die. By fire, by thunder, fall down and die. And then they come for They come for testimony next week. Say, brethren, praise the Lord. I was praying that enemy will fall down and die. Enemy will fall down and die. And I want to tell you that just yesterday, my mother outlaw fell down and died. You are a murderer. Because the Bible clearly says your your warfare is not against flesh and blood and you have just killed flesh and blood the spirit in that person that is that is you know harassing you will simply come out and jump into the next person and keep harassing you how many people are you gonna kill how many people are you gonna kill now we must go back to this book the New Testament, yes, you would tell me. David said, oh God, contend with those who contend with me. David had to fight physical Philistines. Are you fighting any physical Philistines? Are you? Do you have a gun or a sword in your hand or an arrow that you are facing each other in the valley of Rephaim and shooting at each other? No, your arrows and your guns is through warfare in the spirit. So let's have that understanding. That our spiritual breakthrough is is in the spirit. That is why you have the Holy Spirit. That is why you pray in tongues. And if you are not praying in tongues, then you need to be here at 2.30. You need to pray in tongues. Hallelujah. Otherwise, the anointing and the message and the breakthrough is not going to come because we are not doing it properly. And we must align with the word of God, because without the word of God there is no prophecy there's no there's no there's no victory there's no breakthrough because David went to God and said, "Will you deliver them? and God said to him, "Yes I will deliver and so the word of God applied properly I was I was praying one day and this thought came to my mind if you've listened to, to pastor Colin's teaching on The whole armor of God, when you come to the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, he explains that it is not the broad sword with which you fight, you know, like that and cut enemies. It's a short sword. It's a a weapon of precision. It's it's the one you do hand-to-hand combat with. That's the word of God. When you want to wield the word of god as a sword of the spirit you have to wield it and i was saying to the holy spirit show me an example in the bible where the word of god was used with precision and bam it was the temptation of jesus satan came to him and said if you are the son of god turn this stone to bread and jesus took the precision sword and I applied it to, this, to, say, to Satan and said to him, man shall not live by bread. If you are the son of God, turn this stone to bread. Man shall not live by bread. It was a precision weapon. You are asking me about bread? Let me tell you the real bread. We must use the word of God Precisely. And I believe it's by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's by the help of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, why would God come by His Spirit and live in us if He doesn't want to help us? The God of glory, the, the Spirit of the living God lives in you. And we've got to know how to connect with the Holy Spirit that we may walk in the freedom that He's given us. Can I hear you say amen? Amen. Now, let me press forward a little bit with the anointing. The anointing upon the life of David was what caused him to defeat Goliath. The anointing pushed him to the war front where he saw a giant challenging the host of God and was saying to them, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defile the armies of the God of Israel? The anointing brought him to the knowledge of Saul. The anointing helped him defeat Goliath and the anointing caused him to be placed in Saul's palace where he was trained to know how to go out and how to come in. There's an anointing upon your life that is meant to project you to the place where you will fulfill the purpose and the calling of God upon your life. And so a couple of months ago, I was asking God, God, what do I need to do? After I've read this place over and over and over again, what do I need to do? And the Holy Spirit asked me a question. You are asking me for breakthrough in so many areas of your life, son. What is the purpose of my breakthrough for your life? Because God never does anything without a reason. No. There's always a purpose. That was a reason why he sent Samuel to go and anoint Saul. Uh, anoint David instead of Saul. And so the Holy Spirit... Help me to understand there are two things that are very, very important. This is the first principle. There are two things that are very, very important for me to go forward and break through. Number one, I must ask myself, what is the purpose of this breakthrough? What, what is, what is, why, why? I must ask myself, why do I want this breakthrough? And I must drill down and ask why and why and why and why until my flesh is completely removed. And I discover the purpose of God for the breakthrough I'm asking for. Then I must go to the next thing and ask, how does this breakthrough glorify Jesus? The purpose of God and the glory of God combined together in your life and in my life will bring your breakthrough automatically. You won't have to seek it. It will find you out. The same way the anointing found David in the back streets, in the wilderness. The anointing for your breakthrough will find you out. And I understood that. That if I'm asking God for breakthrough, it cannot be about me. It cannot be about me. Please go to to chapter 5 again and look with me in verse 12 of chapter 5. Because David found out the purpose. Why God anointed him. Why God called him. He found the purpose, chapter 5, 2 Samuel, chapter 5, verse 12. So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. God did not send Samuel to go and anoint David so that David can say, can you see I'm king over all Israel now? This is how a man of power for the hour behaves. You know, I trained all my 300 fighting men, and now I'm the king of Israel. No, no, no. That is left for politicians. You know, I was saying at the nine o'clock service, I've not been very, very, I don't know which word to use, very pleased with God. Why he will make Bill Gates the richest man in the world. Because Bill Gates is not a Christian. And so while I was co- complaining a couple of weeks ago, something just struck me. Something came to my mind. Bill Gates is trying to... Has, has, has worked with countries around the world to eradicate polio. Polio. Except in three countries where it's not 100% success. And I said earlier on, we sh- those three countries shall remain nameless because it's not, you know, it's not going to look good on my CV if I mention their names. Now, I read about two weeks ago on a blog or on Twitter, I can't remember, that Bill Gates is taking up another challenge to eradicate malaria. And suddenly it dawned on me. Why will God not make him the richest man in the world? Thank God that he's not the only example. I have another Christian example. Amen. Dr. Rick Warren wrote a book called Purpose Driven Life that made him a multi-millionaire. And I was reading an article on him, and he was saying that people come to him and say to him, "Uh, Pastor Rick Warren, why did God choose you to be the one that wrote this book? And what exactly they were asking is, why did God choose you to be this rich man? And he said, my answer to them is that because God knows what I'm going to do with the money. When the millions came in, he sat down with his wife and they decided what they were going to do. First, all the salaries that the church paid them, the church they started, they paid it back to the church. And then they decided that they were going to give most of that money away. Now, I was reading in this article about him, he said... This year, to 2014, they have decided to give away 91% of their income and live on 9%. And I'm thinking, no wonder God gave you the money. And he said, people come to me and say to me and say to him, people come to him and say to him, Dr. Rick Warren, you know, when God gives me a lot of money like he's giving you, I'm going to give most of it away. And he says, no, you will not. Because if you are not doing it now you are not going to do it later and then he said he said for 25 years God and I has been playing this game God would challenge me every year Rick let's see who is going to give each other this year sorry darling it was my shouting that woke him up Don't the, the, the preacher is from Nigeria that's why he's shouting Sorry. Did I just say I'm from Nigeria? Thank God I'm British. Hallelujah. (laughs) No offense to my Nigerian brothers and sisters. Amen. No, it's just that I'm one of those very fortunate and lucky ones that have both the brown passport or the red passport and the green one. (laughs) So when I get to 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 Heathrow, say, Where are you going? Say, I'm going to Nigeria. Where is your Nigerian passport? Okay, when I get to Nigeria, I show them my, my Nigerian passport and say, do you have a British passport? <laughs> well, we just, you know, we're blessed. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Queen, Your Majesty, for the privilege to be a British citizen. Amen. And there's nothing like Jafaraj can do about it. I'm not renouncing my citizenship. Amen. So the anointing took david where he ought to be the anointing helped him to defeat goliath the first time he needed the anointing again to defeat goliath to defeat the philistines the third time please understand that when god places you in that position that he's about to break you into this breakthrough is going to get you into you better understand that it's for his purpose The second thing I want to point your attention to was that David inquired of the Lord. He didn't just say, I defeated the Philistines the first time. I'm going to defeat them again. Let's just go and fight them. No, the Bible says that he inquired of the Lord. And he was very specific about what he was asking. Lord, should I go against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And God said, go up, for I will doubtless deliver them into your hands. And David went up against them. And of course he said God has broken through my enemies like the breakthrough of water. As you go into this place of warfare into the place of prayer you've got to be specific about the breakthrough you are asking God for. I told a story earlier on I said my wife and I my, my wife qualified as a lawyer he, she, she qualified as a lawyer you know before she came to England she went to the law school but she had to do some uh, qualifying exams here before she could practice. So she took on the, the challenge and Finished the exams and passed, and now she's looking for a job in the city as a lawyer so that I can begin to enjoy my life, you know, and, and, you know. And then there was no job. So she was getting frustrated. And you know that if you have a frustrated wife at home, the husband is also frustrated. (laughs) But if if you are a disciple of Jesus like myself... And you are not actually being frustrated by that frustration. You have to act frustrated too. <laughs> Otherwise, you are in trouble. So one morning, one Saturday morning, we knelt down together in our bedroom. We held hands and I prayed and said, oh, God, give this woman a job before the end of this week. Oh, God. Hallelujah. And on Friday, the job came through in the post. And then we were rejoicing. And then we said, let's, let's look at the, at the thing. And we opened the letter. And the job was in Dagenham. But we lived very close to Heathrow, actually five minutes from Heathrow. And so we sat down and we thought about it. Traveling from Heathrow to Dagenham. How do we, how do, we do the school run? <laughs> how do we attend service on wednesday what is going to happen to the cell during the week because she's got to lead a cell and she's got to be in a cell and so i thought lord what exactly went wrong here so you said give, give her a job i did <laughs> <laughs> so it was time to to change strategy and now be specific And what was the specific prayer? Oh, God, give her a job that will keep her serving you the way she ought to. And two days later, she came to me and said, you know, your friend. I said, which one? The one that was in your cell. There was a lawyer in my cell. I'd forgotten. What about talking to him about me just doing some trainings with him just so I can get some experience? So I got on the phone, I called my friend. I said, oh yes, tell her to come and see me. To call the long story short, the deal was done. It is time for us as students of God to stop asking for, oh God, just give me any kind of job. <laughs> Ask God for the job that is going to help you serving Him, that will pay your mortgage, that will pay the bills. Are you listening to me? He's the God who opened the Red Sea. He's the God that caused a virgin to conceive. He's the God that gave the strength to a hundred-year-old man to have a child. He's the God that told Abraham, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me? And if you are his child, Jesus on that cross said, Tetelestai. It is finished. What exactly is finished? He's come, he's done the work, and the work is finished, and now we are recipients and beneficiaries of everything that was involved in the passion of the Christ. And we will be naive and stupid and foolish if we are not enjoying it. But are we ready to contend with the enemy? Let me, let me, let me give you one more, another point when you are asking God for your breakthrough. Number one is the purpose and the glory of God as, as is specific to the breakthrough you're asking for. Number two is to seek God specifically for that breakthrough. Number three is to hear him, and I've told you how to hear him. David had him because the second time, David didn't say, oh, we won that battle the first time in the, in the valley of Baal-Perazim, in the valley of Rephaim, the valley of the dead giants. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say, oh, let's just go out against them again. No, David went again to the Lord to inquire of the Lord. He went back into the place of prayer. He went back into the place of war- warfare. And God said to him, this time you will not go up against them. This time you must wait for a sign. Go circle behind them and wait under the mulberry trees. When you hear the sound of marching, on the, on the mulberry trees then you will know that I have gone ahead of you and then you must attack quickly that is why we must seek God stop going to where they give you Ribena and olive oil to drink there's a prayer meeting here on Wednesday let's pack this place let's shake the kingdom of God over this city Let's come here on Wednesday. Let's pray to the God of breakthrough. Who has spoken breakthrough over our, 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 our house this season. Come on Friday. Come and express, come and experience the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That we might go back out there and do the work that he has given us to do. Why? Why is the anointing specific for the work? Because God would never anoint you for something he has not sent you to do. When you read the Gospels, Jesus will say, I must be about my Father's business. I have food to eat that you don't understand. My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. As the Father has sent me, so I sent you. What is the work? The work is to go and make disciples of all nations. That is the call. That's the apostolic call, the prophetic call. Over. And I'll take comfort in the fact that Jesus said, When you seek, first the kingdom of god and his righteousness all these things shall be added unto you things shall be added unto you things specific things the writer of hebrew says in chapter 11 verse 1 faith is the sub- is the substance of things hoped for. things hopeful all these things shall be added unto you jesus said that jesus knows that you will need those things Jesus knows that you need a roof over your head. You need clothes on your back. You need food on your table. But he says, seek my kingdom first. What is the seeking of the kingdom of God first that he's called us to do in this house? Is to make disciples. Is to come and be a disciple and become a leader. And everything that you receive from God and through the trainees in the house, you also take somebody or a group of people and take them to that place also. That's the call upon our lives. That's at the center of everything that we do. And maybe you have been coming for some time. You haven't been part of that call of God upon our lives in this house. Today is your day. Today God sent me here to talk to you about this today. Today is your day. At the end of the service, please, whether you are sitting right at the back of the balcony, come. There's a welcome room. There's a consolidation room. Come and be part of that call of God. There's an anointing over your life that is meant for the body of Christ. David could have said, Saul anointed me. I'm oh, sorry, Samuel anointed me. I know I'm just going to walk into the palace one day. Hallelujah. I have been anointed. No, he had to fight Goliath first. And even after he fought Goliath and defeated Goliath, he had to run into the wilderness. And now the men that fought for him against Saul, against the Philistines, were the men that he trained as his disciples when he was in the wilderness. There are people God has called you to train. Your anointing is meant to equip them. Your training, the grace of God upon your life is meant for them. And they are going to be your mighty men and your mighty woman when you need them against the Philistines in your life. The anointing is not for you. In fact, as Christians, we are the only ones that are not called to serve ourselves. We are called to serve God and his people. David knew that God had anointed him for the sake of his people, Israel. One other thing I would like to say is please understand that the strategy the first time may not be the strategy the second time. That's why we must keep going back to the place of prayer. When you do not stick or you do not practice these principles, you may find yourself becoming soul. Because you cannot hear God. You go to the witch of Endor. Like the Philistines who went to the valley of Rephahim, the valley where they think they will contact the spirit of their dead giants. You may become like Saul who also, because he could not hear God anymore, went to the valley, went to the witch of Endor to to raise up the dead spirit of Samuel. God wants to speak to you concerning the situation or the circumstance you are in now. He wants to give you victory. He wants to give you breakthrough. But are you going to seek him? Are you going to acknowledge the anointing upon your life that it's meant to serve him and his people? Because that's the beginning of the breakthrough. He, nev- he will never anoint you for your own sake or for your own purpose or for your me, myself, and I alone spirit. That's not God. Not even Jesus, the Son of God, was anointed for that. He always wanted to do the will of the Father. He always wanted to glorify the Father. You must go back to the place where you are seeking the purpose of the Father and the glory of the Father. And your breakthrough is instant. I want, want, can David please come back? Where is Dave? Wellington and the band, please come back. Let's just worship God. the few minutes that we have i'm sorry i didn't i didn't tell them that before but i want i want us to know that our breakthrough is knocking at the door our breakthrough is knocking at the door it is god's word for us this season it is god's prophetic word over this house but each and every one of us must 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 make contact With exactly what God wants us to do. You must seek God within the calling upon this house. If God has called you upon this house, it's time to connect. Oh, maybe maybe something's happened before and you've you've gone back to the fringes. It's time to come back. Maybe you don't know what to do. It's time today is your day to find out what to do before you go. Come to the consolidation room. Come to the back. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit is waiting for you he wants to give you that breakthrough he wants it's come the Word of God has come hallelujah can we take that song holy again hallelujah praise God while they are getting ready I want to say to you if you're here today you don't even know this God of breakthrough please at the end of the service please come to the back the consolidation room don't go out of here today maybe somebody invited you come please take them to the to the back of this place let them give their life to christ commit your life to christ today acknowledge you are a sinner believe that jesus came to die for you on the cross of calvary commit your life to following for the rest of your life don't go the god of breakthrough is knocking at your door don't walk out of here without doing the right thing hallelujah please let's stand let's stand let's stand and worship god for these few minutes that we have in this service hallelujah Our God is holy, He's righteous, He's just. I had impressed on my spirit that as somebody here at least there's one person here today you have a court case you have a court case hanging over your head and the Holy Spirit was impressing it upon my spirit upstairs to pray for you for mercy what you need is the mercy of God you need the mercy of God because the situation is messy M-E-S-S-Y but you need the mercy of God That's so why I'm going to pray for you now but today before you leave if you are not connected with what God is doing in this place you are walking. you are working out on your breakthrough concerning that case also I had impressed on my spirit that as somebody with a bad hip, a hip I don't know whether it's a hip replacement thing that you have to do or there's a problem with your hip the right hip I believe it is But I believe God wants to give you a breakthrough in that area. And together as the children of God, we're going to believe God for those two impressions that I had. And that's why I wanted us to worship God. And as this worship is going on, I'm going to be praying concerning those things. And if you are there in the coronet, or you are in the back room, or you are there downstairs in the lower hall, if that is you, I want you to tap into it. Maybe you are more than one, I don't know. That's just the impression God gave me for the breakthrough concerning the health situation. Maybe your breakthrough is for finances. Maybe your breakthrough is for your marriage. Maybe your breakthrough is for your children. The anointing is here. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. He is our God, and he's the God of breakthrough. And i believe he sent me here today to pronounce that breakthrough upon your life upon your family upon your business upon everything that concerns you and i trust god that the breakthrough is going to come hallelujah so please lift up your hands please lift up your hands father i pray i pray i pray that anointing of breakthrough i pray that anointing of breakthrough the same anointing that delivered. Uh, David from the hands of the Philistines let it come upon your children right now in the name of Jesus Christ as you go into this week I ask that the God of breakthrough go ahead of you I ask that the presence of God go with you in your finances in your marriage in your business in your job where you work let the breakthrough of God come upon you in the name of Jesus Christ and Father I pray for that person has that impending case in the court. Oh God, I ask for your mercy. I ask for your mercy. I ask for your mercy, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I pray for that person with a hip problem. Lord, let the healing virtue flow from your throne to bring breakthrough in that area of health. And Father, anyone here under the sound of my voice, that you are struggling with one health problem or the other. I ask that the God who turned the hand of the clock back for Hezekiah will reverse the enemy's work in your lives in the name of Jesus. I pray that the God who spoke to the storm, Jesus, the risen and the resurrected Lord of glory, who spoke peace to the storm, in his name, that is above every name. I speak peace into your life, into your situations, peace in your marriage, peace with your children, peace with your enemies, in the name of Jesus. And as you go into this week, I ask God, the one who commanded by the help of his angels that the gates of the city the gates of the city was opened for Peter when he was shut up in his prison by Herod for my Bible says that the gates began to open of their own accord I command the gates of opportunity to be opened unto you of their own accord mm-hmm. by the power of the God of breakthrough in the name of Jesus Christ let impossibilities become possible let impossibility become possible. For he said, I'm the God of all flesh. Nothing is impossible for me. Let everything that is impossible become possible. In the name of Jesus. Let the God of breakthrough go ahead of you this week. And may you return to this month Zion with testimonies. To the glory of the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.